This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. Welcome back. Silver and Black today and Odyssey Original Podcast. Thanks for being with us, uh, Raider Nation, and all of you football fans out there as we continue the conversation running up to training camp starting next week. Uh, Be sure to subscribe to the show. Don't forget whether you're subscribing on Apple, you're just subscribing on Spotify, you're subscribing on the Odyssey app, wherever you get your podcast. We appreciate you do that. My co-host Mo Moten is with me as well. Uh, got to get your thoughts, but we're going to be talking to somebody I've wanted to talk to for a long time. That of course is former Raiders punter Marquette King. He's coming up. It's going to be a great conversation. Once a Raider, always a Raider, right, Scott? Absolutely. Absolutely. No doubt about it. Uh, okay. And then after that, after we talk to Marquette, who's being very generous with his time, uh, today, we're going to talk defensive backs. One of the ongoing kind of glaring needs for this Raiders ball club has been the need to improve at cornerback at safety. They've made a lot of investment there without a lot of return so far. Uh, but uh, we know that they've done some things to uh, uh, address that as well. So we will get to that uh, coming up in segments two and three of the show. So once we get past the interview, we'll do that as well. So we want to talk now to one of the beloved members of Raider nation fans really talk a lot about him and uh, we're glad to bring him on right now. And that is Marquette King, the former uh, Raiders punter who joins us now. All right. So Marquette joins us Marquette. Hey man, thanks for joining us here on silver and black today. I appreciate y'all for giving me time and, you know, showing me a lot of love still. So good to be here. (laughs) Yeah. Raider fans. I'll tell you what, they talk a lot about you every training camp since you've been gone. I can, I'm telling you social media, Mo and I hear a lot here on the show as well. It's like, Bring Marquette into camp. Bring Marquette into camp, right? And so, so we hear your name a lot. But going back, listen, you played for the Raiders 2012-2017, undrafted free agent, of course, out of the great Fort Valley State HBCU, and established yourself as one of the best punters in the game. 46.7-yard average while playing for the Raiders and the Broncos. Uh, mm-hmm. That ranked fifth best in, the, in NFL history, by the way. Uh, and despite all that, uh, the Raiders, John Gruden, you guys part ways. I've never really heard you talk about that story. And I'm not asking for dirt. We just would love to hear. And I think yeah. Raider Nation would like to hear. How did your time there end uh, and how did it make you feel? So walk us a little bit up to that. Why you think it happened? Well, I mean, it definitely didn't feel good. Um, I um, showed up to the facility one morning after uh, breakfast, trying to get food and everything. And uh, me and my boy went to go get food, came back to the facility to, cause I came with gifts and everything. Um, I had limoncello for, uh, what's his name? Rich Basakia and uh, a whole box. I went to the gas station and got a whole box of Snickers because everybody was telling me about how John Gruden's personality is when it came to uh, the type of person he is, like uptight, whatnot. You know me, like I'm, if you know who I am as a person, if you take time to get to know who I am as a person, you know, I'm just, I'm trying to find a way to, to brighten up, bring light to everything. So I uh, showed up to the facility, got there. <laughs> Nobody was around, ended up leaving. 
to go somewhere else out in Oakland. Got a call from uh, Reggie McKenzie at the time. He told me to come back. And then I show up to uh, to the facility to see what he's talking about. I'm excited. I had a really – I came off a really good season, probably finished like third, I think. And as soon as I showed up, Reggie was telling me that uh, – uh, Gruden doesn't want me there, and I'm like, so what? What does that? What, what does that mean? He's like, we're, gonna, we're about to let you go. We're gonna put you on the wire, and it's gonna uh, hit the news soon. And it was hard to believe because I'm like, man, okay, I just finished at the top this past that past season, and I'm gonna get cut. And I'm like, oh, all the coaches I've ever been around were like, as long as you produce, as long as you do well, you're good. Um, it ain't like I'm out here breaking the law. I'm not out here doing this or doing that, disrespecting people. I'm just, I don't know. And then all of a sudden, I just, I didn't believe it. I went through the facility, went through the locker room, saw a couple of people there for the offseason. And I was like, hey, man, I thought it, I couldn't believe it. Still. I was like, hey, man, it was, it's been good playing football with y'all, man. I enjoyed playing with y'all. They're like, man, shut up, man. You play too much. I'm like, all right. <laughs> and I saw Marshall Lynch in the, uh, back at the field house at the new part of the field house in Oakland. And then we were talking and I was like, hey bro, they finna let me go. But Marshall was, he was, he couldn't, he didn't think it was serious. And he was like, dang boy, you playing. And I was like, I'm dead serious. And he, it was wow. interesting because he was pretty pissed off when he heard about it. And then next thing you know, I saw it on Twitter, I think at noon, right when he said it was gonna hit. And I was like, damn. I never get cut before. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, and Marquette, like you said, coming off a good season, and then Reggie McKenzie calls you and says, hey, Gruden's going to let you go. Was there ever, and have you ever had a conversation with him? Was there any Was there any discord between you guys? Did he ever say anything to you that told you he didn't approve of you or what you did or how you carried yourself, any of that? I never met the guy before. I never talked to him. I tried to reach out to Rich Pisakia. He left me on red. It was interesting. It was, it was way before all this happened. I, I, anytime I get a new coach, I try to reach out to him, get to know him. Um, but I never got a chance to meet any of them. Got never got a chance to talk to any of them. And it was just the weirdest thing ever. It, it actually kind of hurt. It felt like a loss. So sure. Yeah. So Marquette, I, I saw you going back and forth with people on Twitter because we know Twitter people are always fair when they're judging people, right? <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but I, it seemed like you were trying to prove a point because a lot of people were talking about oh your your antics, quote unquote. I, I think you were just passionate for the game, having fun. But you posted the termination letter from the Raiders, and you felt like there was something weird there because there was no real competition for you on the roster at the time because Reyes had drafted a punter after they released you. So just talk about that and walk us through that process. Well, it was weird. I didn't, I couldn't pay attention to the paper at the time because I was just so messed up in the head. Like I was just, like I said, I felt like I lost, man. I did everything. I'm working my ass off all night, all day, every day, just putting in extra amounts of work that I know ain't no other punter in the NFL is going to match. And it's like, when you're doing the best you can do work-wise and you try to stay on top of your game and you still get let go, you just get confused. And then, like, I don't know, imagine being with the Raiders, seeing Jenikowski and Shane Leckler be at the Raiders for as long as they were. Mm. It was like, dang, I could be like them. And, like, as long as I perform. And, man, Raiders felt like home. Like, that was home. Like, staying in the Bay was home. And wearing those colors, I couldn't see myself wearing any other colors. And 
once that happened, I just I just didn't want to play football. I should have I honestly should have took a year off because um mm. I was just so scarred from that man. Um, I think uh, feeling like somebody just has a, a motive behind just letting you go. I I honestly don't understand. Maybe it's, I think it was just hate. That's what I feel like. Um, that's the only that's the only way you can be like that towards somebody if you never met them and you just I don't know some people just got hate in their heart but it is what it is but when I saw that later I was like hold up when nobody else on the roster but me like who was this other mm. player looking at because it was the weirdest thing ever I'd never seen nothing like it before and a lot of the fans that talk about it was antics and all that uh they had a box that they could check for that if, if that was an issue they did but, yeah and that's why you know? But when you posted the letter uh, on social this past week, that's what surprised me because you hadn't really talked much about it, but I, I hadn't, I, I thought maybe that was it because it sounded like maybe that coaching staff, and of course they're gone now, but it sounded like they almost kind of leaked that out a little bit. Maybe that's why you were let go and you know, your appearance on, I think it was NFL Network uh, with the crown and all that stuff. And, and, and it seemed like that's how they were trying to position it. And sometimes, you know, when you talk about there was nobody there for you to compete with, uh, it, sometimes, and I'm sure you know this, it becomes political. And to me, it seemed like it was just a political move versus a move that was best for the football team. Yeah, it was It was definitely interesting, but, like, I don't – it was just aggravating, man. I don't, I don't know <laughs> how else to describe it, but, yeah, like I said, fans are – I mean, even if you do everything right, people are still going to have something negative to say. There's going to be some people out there that just have something negative to say. But, like, the best thing I could do is just continue being myself because that's, that's the only way I know. I've had other NFL punters approach me. I think one or two other NFL punters approach me like, man, why do you act like so-and-so? Why do you do this? Why do you do that? Because I, I grew up as an athlete. I was a receiver. Like, Yeah, wide receiver know, when you went to college. You know what I'm saying? So, like, a lot of the punters that – had something to say they never played a skilled position they never grew up the way i grew up down south so i mean you can't expect me to act like any regular punter like you know but <laughs> and i'm not gonna sit here and say i'm perfect either like i'm sure i'm sure it's a part of my personality that people don't understand and i get it like you just got to take time to just get to know people before you judge them well, and, and not because you're sitting in front of us, Marquette, but I, as Mo said, I, I, I saw it as an extension of you loving the game. And to your point about being an athlete, look, you can be a punter and be as competitive as a lineman, as a quarterback. And I always looked at it from that perspective. I, it never bothered me. There's guys who do performance kind of based stuff that seems gratuitous. I never thought yours was that gratuitous. I know you got some penalties here and there on stuff because the NFL goes back and forth on how tight they want to be. But I never looked at that. And then, and then clearly the NFL ha at that time, and we'll get into the NFL now, but the NFL at that time, you got a chance to go to the Broncos, but then you go to the Broncos. And I don't know. I mean, this shocked me when you said this. They, they tried to change your whole mechanics. Explain Bruh. how that felt for you going in with the statistics you had, the years you had, and then you go there and they try to change it all up on you. Well, I mean, imagine somebody telling you that uh... – we want you to come to our team and we want you to do exactly what you did when you were with the Raiders. And it's like, okay. And I've noticed every time I played against the Broncos from when I was on the Raiders, every time we would play the Broncos, my game, I, I could miss hit a 50, 60 yard punt in that stadium. And that's why I really enjoyed playing that stadium. And even in my off time, 
Like on my off days, I would go to the stadium uh, at the Broncos stadium and get a feel for the win, just like I did when I was in Oakland, just figure out everything. So when I'm in the game, it's just automatic. But um, it sucked, man. Like, remember, I, I got let go from the Raiders. Now I'm going to another team and I'm just all in my own head now because it's like, well, what did I do wrong? Like, when I feel like I didn't do anything wrong, I don't know, but um, maybe I need to listen more. Maybe I need to be more coachable. I don't know. Uh, so I decided to listen to Tom McMahon at the time, and he just started – he said I could do everything I normally do. We go to practice, and all of a sudden he's changing my whole kicking style. And I'm like, okay, we weren't talking about this before I signed. Like, this is weird. Uh, I had a contract set up where it was two M's for three years, and – if I was to make all pro a pro bowl within those first two years, I would get an extra M the third year. And it was weird. Cause I'm like, man, is this a setup? Like, this is weird. Cause now y'all taking me off of what I've been doing most of my life to doing something new and just preaching to me how it's going to work out and everything. So man, I'm out there kicking the ball as I'm kicking, you see the punt returners, like, like the balls weren't going no higher than a house roof, like a regular house roof. And, um, the returners were back there. Chris Harris was back there. They were like, bro, what is this? Like, this ain't the same <laughs> for the Raiders. And I'm like, bro, I'm just doing what I'm told. I'm doing what I'm told. And it's such an embarrassing feeling because you got the media out there with the Broncos. And they're like, uh, what do you think about Marquette King's punt? Blah, blah, blah. And then, so this is the funny part. I would have meetings with Vance Joseph. Uh, I meet up with uh, Elway at the time. And uh, I even told my special teams coach to the point to where it's like he wasn't even listening to me, but I would even, I would tell Vance Joseph and Elway, hey, this is really uncomfortable what y'all having me do. And I don't, I don't feel like I'm doing the best I can do to help this defense out. And it's really embarrassing. Can we find a way to switch back to what I normally do? Because I'm, I don't want to look bad and I don't want y'all to look bad. And they're like, okay, we got you. Next thing you know, they try to convince me to go back to, uh, they told Tom McMahon to get off of me for a while. Let me kick for a whole week, how I do. Ended up kicking good. Then he goes back to making me kick that way. And then next thing you know, media's asking questions and Vance Joseph's like, he just has to kick better. But then after the meeting, <laughs> hey, you got this. You're going to be all right, man. You're going to be all right. It's going to work out. I'm like, but this is weird, man. He just kept throwing me under the bus in front of the media. And then when we got behind closed doors and we talked, it was, man, you're good. It's going to work out. You're doing real good. Hmm. It was the weirdest thing ever. So, so to me, it seems like the way the NFL coaches and teams want it is punches should be seen and not heard, right? Mm -hmm. And you 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 played under Dennis Allen, the late Tony Sperano, Jack Del Rio, Vance Joseph, who you just mentioned. Was there any point in your NFL career where someone approached you from the staff and said, look, you gotta tone it down, or you, you know, you gotta, you know, change your your personality in a sense to fit in with this roster? Um, no. Nobody ever told me to tone it down. Maybe that one time that uh, Tyreek ran and scored a touchdown. But like, other than that, <laughs> I remember that one. I remember. Yeah, nobody's ever said nothing to me. Um, and it, like I said, again, coaches, I think some coaches that first come in, they kind of want to get rid of me because they kind of have a, a prejudged way of how they think I'm going to act or how I am. And once they get a chance to know who I am, um, I mean, I still talk to Brad Sealy. I still talk to some of the coaches I've been under before every once in a while. So we end up creating a really good relationship. And 
the fact that they've been around me, they understand why I act the way I act. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't, I mean, now the NFL, of course, since you've been out of the league, the NFL is now welcoming more celebrations on touchdowns They're doing the selfie cams. They're doing all that stuff. So today, I think if you were in the league now, uh, it probably wouldn't be looked upon as long as your coach was fine with it. Uh, but one of the other things too, that, that we want to talk about with you is, you know, you've mentioned, um, uh, on Twitter as well about the racial component here, right? There's only been six now uh, African-American punters in the NFL since 1920. Uh, and and yet the league is dominated, obviously, by African-American players. Why do you think it is? Is it is it is it kids in the inner city, African-American kids aren't encouraged to get into the kicking game? And then in the NFL itself, are you are you insinuating that maybe in the NFL that that African American kickers just aren't welcomed or how, what what how do you how would you put it? I want I want you to use your own words not not me filling for yeah. No, I just feel like it's it's just interesting to me how it's been since 1920 and me being the fifth black punter to play in the history like it's a little interesting cuz I've seen some really good uh African American punters come through the game especially during preseason Corey Carter Corey mm. Carter Vet Vic, like I, I've seen some really good. Colas Waitman did really good. He still hasn't had a credit season yet, you know. So like, um, but at the same time, I mean, obviously, a lot of African Americans dominate a lot of other positions as well. Um, but I was looking at it from my situation. I just kind of broke everything down. Like, for me to be in a position that I'm in, and uh, and I made sure I came with facts. Um, because I don't want to be talking where people are like, oh, that's just an opinion. Like, these are actual facts for me to be ranked where I'm at stat-wise and everything and still not get an opportunity to play at my position before there only be six of us total to ever play the position. It's just interesting to me. So uh, I was just, I don't know, I, I'm still trying to figure out why I still don't have a job. Because, um, and I don't know, I just thought it was interesting. I just thought so it was interesting. So let's spin it for you. had a brief stint in XFL before they shut down. We talked about that before we got on air. Uh, you're only 33 years old. You, you said you're you're done fighting, but I, I get the sense that you're going to stay ready just in case a team calls, right? And there were reports recently about the Cardinals, Arizona Cardinals were maybe interested in you, maybe verify or deny those claims. But uh, obviously you want to get back in the league, and, and could we see you play another position maybe you just mentioned you play wide receiver on the college level if you want to get back in the league maybe if it's not as a punter maybe a different position because i see you leg pressing women at the pool so you have some athleticism. <laughs> uh can you play another position if you want to get back mo mo, wa mo wants to come over by the way <laughs> hey, every weekend. let's go no nah, i mean definitely i, I want to come back i thought about coming back at another position but at the same time the resume that I've created throughout my career, I'm an NFL punter. I deserve to play among the so-called best NFL punters in the league or people that are considered to be the best to play in that league at that position. I belong there. I created a resume, and uh, I'm not I'm not going to step down from that because I'm really good at what I do. I'm still good at what I do. Um, but it would be fun to play receiver, but nah, there's no point. It's no point because, I, like I said, I've worked really hard to be as good as I am. And for me to not have an opportunity, a fair opportunity at that position is just not right. I mean, I've sat back and watched the last three seasons where a punter would not do well at all on the team. 
all of a sudden this whole team's fan base is hit reaching out to me on Twitter, blowing my Twitter <laughs> up, and then they let go of that punter and bring him to another team like something's going to change. It's the weirdest thing mm-hmm. I've ever seen. Yeah, and I, I I understand your frustration with that too. And and the other thing too, uh, Marquette, I think a lot of people miss out, but but I've paid attention and you talk about it a little bit, but a lot of other people talk about it. And that is that a lot of the punters in the league really look up to you and they seek you out. I mean, you have Presley Harvin the third, obviously, because he was the sixth African-American uh, black punter in the NFL. And I know you're close with him. But it seems like that 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 small brotherhood of punters in the NFL loves you, wants you to have that chance. And as Mo said, you had talked about not fighting, but 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 I get the sense that that you'll get your opportunity. You've tried, you've done everything, and I think the issues you've brought up, by the way, you've done it in a very um, uh, perfect way. I think because you're just talking about it. To your point, you're just asking questions. You're not accusing certain people of doing certain things. You're just saying, hey, here's the question. Uh, give me a chance. I'm still in shape. I've seen you out at events and you've posted video of you booming the ball and, and you still got it. It's not It's not like at 33, uh, you can't keep a 47-yard average because I think you could. Yeah, I mean, all it really is, I just honestly want to answer it. If the people in the NFL, if NFL coaches just don't want to deal with me, which I don't know what it is because I'm not breaking any laws. I'm over here, even in my off days when I was playing the Raiders, I would go out and uh, get a whole bunch of like number ones from Chick-fil-A, feed the homeless out in Oakland, whatever, clean up the city of Phoenix when stuff went down like two years ago. You know what I'm saying? Like, but I'm not the type to post, like record all the stuff that I do because it's coming from my heart. You know, I don't have to show everybody else what I'm doing. As long as I'm treating that person right, doing right, then that's what matters. But um, a lot of people try to bring up stuff that's happened in my past, and it's not like I got in trouble once again. So, like, I don't know. It's just I'm working on I'm working on trying to come back, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, and and Marquette, you know what? We we all have stuff in our lives, right? And like you said, it's not like you've. I mean, there's there's a lot of guys that have that are still playing the league that have done some pretty serious stuff, and and they redeem themselves. Nothing wrong with that. You didn't do anything like that by the way i would be remiss if i didn't mention that um my alma mater is where the to me the best punter of all time went to school he was an all-american in college he went to unlv you know who i'm talking about <laughs> who's that you won't know him as a punter randall cunningham was an all-american punter in college i heard of him he went yeah him. a little bit yeah he went to unlv man he, uh, he would he played quarterback and punter so right. he was a quarterback yeah, was that they hit the like the ninety-nine yard punt or something like that. Yes, exactly. Yeah, in the California Bowl, actually. So, so that. there you go. He's he's a great dude. It's too bad you weren't with the Raiders now because I think he's the chaplain there. So, but listen, I'll tell you what. I mean, um, I, I'm sure your agent still still calls and gets all that stuff. We wish you the best. We hope you get that chance. I think you deserve it. Uh, and, and if you do, I know you'll take advantage of it. Uh, in the meantime, what are you doing? I know you're working out, you're staying fit, uh, lifting ladies at the pool, but what else are you up to? Uh, just living life, man, working on music. I've been working on music for some years. Uh, got a couple of festivals getting lined up and everything. Nice. Uh, working on an album, got a new single dropping, uh, probably in like August, at the end of August or whatnot. But, um, other than that, support my girl, uh, She's uh she's got a fight coming up in UK versus Alicia Baumgartner, so that's gonna be kind of cool to watch. So nice, it's supporting her and um, 
watching how she do things. So it's cool. It's cool to sit back and watch her and her little world. And I can't wait for her to watch me and mine. That'll be kind of fun. There really quick, we see Marquette King in a celebrity boxing match at some point in time. <laughs> I know you, you know what? We were talking about getting into that. Um, I almost had a, a thing set up because I was training with her so much. I'm like, man, I might as well go ahead and get into it. So I had a company offer me to uh, come out and fight on one of the cards. So that would have been cool. But I I would have had to, like, just totally forget football and, like, train for real because I'm not going to be the one to get knocked out. <laughs> <laughs> You're a good looking dude too. You gotta protect that face, man. That's what you know, I'm you got if I'm gonna shoot music videos, I don't want I don't want to mess up my face. <laughs> Marquette King, man. Listen, thank you so much for, for being with us. And uh, I know we'll catch up with you down the line. When you get signed, uh, we'll hit you up again and get you on and just talk about what you're up to. Appreciate Let's it, man. Do it. I appreciate y'all taking the time too. All right, man. Thanks. We'll talk to you soon. All right. All right. All right. There you go, Marquette King. Uh, interesting conversation, Mo, a great guy, you know, and, and I wish him the best. I hope that he gets the opportunity because when you're, when you're that talented and you get the opportunity, uh, I know he'll take advantage of it. And, and listen, I, I know some people talk and you mentioned it to him and I'm glad you asked the question about the antics and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I liked it. I never thought it was crazy over the top. There's guys who do crazy over the top stuff. He wasn't one of them. Yeah, I get people getting angry about the penalties when it's in the fourth quarter and timing is everything. Yeah. But I, I believe he mentioned on a previous show that he's friends with Pat McAfee. And I love Pat McAfee. And Pat McAfee was known to have a big personality as, as a punter. Yep. And it seems like Pat McAfee is embraced and he's kind of he's shunned by a certain group of people saying, Oh, his his passion is antics, but Pat McAfee is just having fun. And I think that's <laughs> drives his point about why why am I being singled out as the guy that you know, has an attitude or personality issue when there are other people who have fun at their positions and they're not looked at the same way. Yeah, absolutely. All right. We obviously went really long with that segment. So we're going to step aside and take a break here. When we come back, we dive into our next position breakdown. And this time, Another area, a big area for the Raiders to be successful, in my view, and that is at defensive back. We're going to check out in the next segment the cornerbacks, and then we'll end the show in the third block talking about safeties. You're listening to Silver and Black today. That is an Odyssey original podcast. Scott Branson, Mo Moten. We'll be back right after this.